Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Moderno. He's Jihadi White. Jihadi, how's it going? Matt, my man, how's it been? Uh, it's good. Uh, this kind of the dog days of summer basketball right here, so not a ton to talk about. I've uh, been watching some TBT, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm excited for the Wizards to get going again. <laughs> like, uh, I, I love the offseason, but by this point in the year, like, I'm ready for us to have some more stuff to talk about. So I think we got yeah, some good yeah. ones today. Right, yeah, I am too. But that TVT, I never figured that would uh, grow like it's growing, and it's it's very interesting. It's a, actually a good tournament to watch. Like I, I look at it as anybody who never been a, got a chance to play in the NCAA, yeah. or if you did, you can relive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a great nostalgia thing for these alumni teams, and mm-hmm. then uh, there's a couple former wizards playing in it and stuff like that. So um, yeah. actually uh former wizard Craig sword from two years ago and a little bit from last year's team. He played on the capital city go-go as well. He's going to be in the finals. Um, so shout out to him. Good luck to the, to a former wizard. But uh, just before we could go on for everybody, a couple um, programmatic notes and things like that. Uh, if you're not already following the YouTube channel, please go hit subscribe. Also, click that little notification button so you'll get uh, a notice from YouTube when we're going live or when these are posted. We're also brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Everything You Can Think Of, Hard Half and Afs, Hard Peach Teas. They're all delicious. And we're also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup info. For basketball, baseball, boxing, UFC, and more, BetOnline can use the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. Be able to play right from your phone, and you can head to the website and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, uh, for your 50% off welcome bonus and more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Jody, I just first thing, I, like I said, I've got a couple quick hitters for you today. Most of these things we can kind of rapid fire through, but uh, I guess basketball reference posts a, a rankings of all the top players from a franchise of all time. It's based on win shares. So the all-time bullets slash wizards list is Wes Unseld, number one. No real objection there. Elvin Hayes, two. Walt Bellamy, number three. Bradley Beal, number four. I was a little surprised by, to be honest. Um, Greg Ballard, number five. That predates me a good amount. Uh, John Wall, six. Gilbert Arena, seven. Antoine Jameson, eight. Jack Marin, nine. Phil Chenier, ten. Gus Johnson, 11, and Brendan Haywood, closing it out at 12. I was a little surprised to see Haywood. No no disrespect to Brendan, uh, but to see him on the top players in franchise history, I, I think win shares sometimes like favors big men. So maybe that's helping Brendan here a, a little bit too. But I guess any any of those stand out to you, Jihadi? The, the, the Beal fourth all-time ahead of Wall and Arenas was a little surprising to me. I don't know. I don't think it's that surprising to me. Bill ahead of Wall and Arenas. Um, I thought Arenas would be a little higher. And even actually, Arenas, I thought thought he would probably be a little bit ahead of Wall. 
Um, yeah, Brendan is a surprise. Um, Phil Chenier definitely is a good one. Yeah. That should be there. Um, Wes is uh no, it's it's that's not a question. You know, that's yeah. you know, no question that. that at all. Yeah. I mean, he Wes is the Wizards. You know exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's uh the Jerry West of Washington. I just hope that at the end of the day, when we do our coaching Mount Rushmores, we can say Wes Unsell Jr. at the top of the coaching Mount Rushmore for the franchise too. So, I, oh yeah, hoping for a big year from our guy there. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I would love that too. You know, just uh, the father and son duo, yeah. just known in Washington. That'd be great. That'd be great to just have those on, like like you said, on a Wizards Rock Mount Rushmore. Uh, Jameson being on here, no objection to, but. Karan Butler not making the list when those two guys did. I was a little surprised by that. You just kind of think of all of them together and maybe having like similar impact. So uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'll, I'm, yeah, I'm actually surprised that Rod Strickland isn't on it. I love Rod. That's one of my favorite guys to watch growing up too. So uh, I would be very okay with that. Like, he, he should be top five at top four, you know, four or five at least. I mean, I don't get that one. Yeah, there's some other ones like Earl Monroe and things like that. He didn't play there super long, but, you know, I guess maybe that's part of the question, too, is how they, if these guys show up on other people's lists or not. You, you could maybe make a case for a 40-year-old MJ being somewhere in the top 12. I would say he's more how, how than that. MJ, I'm not, you know, you go really back, far back, like Bobby Ferry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, why is Bobby Ferry not on there? You know, yeah. guys like that. A lot of guys who play with Wes, you know, should be on there as well. Yeah. Bobby Dandridge would be a good one. I mean, the Bobby guys in Dandridge, the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. So uh, I always think these lists are so interesting, especially when they're stat-based only. So it's like, you know, what what really plays into that? Um, yeah, so I'm trying to figure it out. Just yeah. wanted, to, wanted to throw that out there for people. So you can check out Basketball Reference if you want the full rankings there. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm definitely going to check that out. I have to see that. I got to look at the other uh, the other teams here, too, just for comparison and see if by like 10, 11, 12, if it starts getting a little light uh, for, for some of these places. Yeah. Uh, just a couple, like I said, quicker items. Um, since we last talked, Wizards rookie, hopefully rookie this year, Tristan Vukcevic, one of their draft picks, has said he definitely wants to come over to the NBA. And he said he said that to everyone in his pre-draft interviews and everything, made it very clear he wants to be an NBA player right away. He doesn't want to be a draft and stash guy. Uh, not to lump all European players together here, but I think it would really, like, really benefit Vukcevic to be on the roster at least some amount of time uh, as Danilo Gallinari. Not that they're the same player from the same country, but, you know, another guy who's made that like same move, you know, coming over as a, as a rookie and, and having to adjust and adapt. And they also play kind of similar games. They're both about 6'10", 6'11". They shoot the ball like yeah, not the same player, but I would just think that that would be like a really good mentor from him and a good guy that you'd want him to learn from. So um, I, I kind of don't see why the Wizards wouldn't do this. No, I think it's it's a good fit. And, you know, it's a lot of guys that's telling, you know, that's a lot of players and ex-players and coaches are saying, hey, guys learn from guys, right? Mm -hmm. You want to build another guy. You have to put him under another guy's wing, you know, and him learning from Danilo would be great. I think it'd be really impactful. And, uh, you know, I think it should be really suggested to him if they, you know, some – they have a lot of great minds there now that that's something they definitely should consider. You yeah, know, I, 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 I like the way Tristan plays. So 
he has a lot with him already. You know, he, he, he's a good shot blocker. He moves without the ball very well. He's going to be a hard person to me to defend once he gets comfortable playing because he's the type of player that you hate to guard. You know, you got to you want to keep your head on a swivel, and he, and he has a lot of height. So it's hard to guard somebody with height, constantly cutting, constantly reading the floor. You know, he he put the ball on the floor. He can, you know, he can shoot. So if you can have somebody there to kind of mold all that, all of those things together and build a sound player, the Wizards mm-hmm. have something. They need to really consider that. Even like Mike Muscala will help too. I mean, he's again, not the same player, but he's another 6'10 guy that shoots the ball a little bit. Like, I think these are guys that can help him because they're not the fastest guys, not the most foot speed, but they can say, like, here's what works for us. Here are the tricks. Right. Not um, only that, right. Right. Not only that, you start having those guys play against each other. You learn yeah. a lot more, but just constantly have them doing a lot of one on ones, iron sharpens eyes. They learn from, you know, players are the biggest thieves. They can steal from each other. They learn how to defend each other, which automatically now helps him in the NBA game because now he's you you everybody who plays in the NBA game sometimes slows things down, sometimes they add things, sometimes they speed up things. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much about what you can do or what you can't do. It's when to do it or how to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh that's a great point. And I, I think we've heard that a lot of times uh, in past interviews on the show and things like that, too. Like uh, Gilbert Arena said that the thing that helped him the most become the offensive player he was was doing one on ones with Larry Hughes in Golden State, because if he could make a move that worked on Larry, it would translate to the rest of the league. And uh, Denny Avdia has said that about the one on ones he's done with Kyle Kuzma have really helped him work on some stuff, too. So I, I would love that. I think that's. Those are the three guys you want in practice is Galvinari, Mescal, and Vuksovich, and just let them let, let them, them go in. Yeah. Let them go in. I mean, I think it's not enough one-on-ones in in uh, NBA practices anymore. You know, after practice, guys usually do it. But it needs to be um, put into the program of the system doing practice. It, it, it's really well, especially now that the game is more ISO game. Yeah, you always see that, like, from the Olympic teams and things like that. There's always videos that come out of these, like, wild three-on-three games where Chris Paul is going at Kevin Durant and uh, Carmelo Anthony, and they're rotating through. Like, th- those kinds of things seem to be, like, something that those players look forward to and, like, testing themselves against the best guys. So I'd love to see that here. You have to. That's what the – if you don't if you don't learn to be a great one-on-one player early, mm-hmm. you're definitely just going to be a role player. Yeah. Right. One on one is basketball at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, the best players, the top players are all one on one types. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And you gotta you've gotta be able to like create for yourself and, mm-hmm. and score for yourself. And right. When the play break down, it's always okay, let's get it to the guy who can give us something no matter what. Yeah. He doesn't need help to to get his shot off. Right. Uh Big J fifty two on Twitter said, "Don't exclude Baltimore uh, and the Baltimore Bullets." I, I did not mean to admit them. I'm mostly a Baltimore sports fan, so that was definitely not uh, intentional. Um, and and David, I'm going to butcher your last name, so I'm not going to try. You know who you are. Asked if uh, Vucevic could be a better version of Bertans. Uh, I think so because I think he could be more of a five, whereas Bertans was like a wing that didn't was too slow to guard wings, but not big enough to guard anybody in the post. I think Vucevic eventually will be able to guard people uh, in the post and, and 
if he can move his feet enough to slide some on the perimeter, that's that's even better. So hopefully it's a, I don't yeah, know, he's, a less, he's already a rim protector. So yeah, right. Yeah. He, can can he be a lesser version of a Brook Lopez type? I, I think that's that's the kind of guy you want out of it. You know. True. True. I I think he's more versatile. You know, yeah. more agile. Yeah, I hope so. I'll take it. Uh, all right. We've talked about this. Um, in, in the past, I think that the Wizards needed to beef up their coaching staff. And since we last talked, they've uh, added Brian Keith, who's been an assistant coach with the Nets and the Pistons, interviewed him for their head coaching job. And he's a guy like in the mix. So I think that's a top assistant. But also they've added David Vanderpool. Uh, for anybody not familiar, he's from Silver Spring. Uh, he's just a local guy, which is awesome to see in the first place. But he also played for the Wizards in 2001 and 2002. You also played with the Wizards in 2001 and 2002. You know this guy pretty well. What do you think of the hire, and what can you tell us about David Vanderpool? I think it's a great, great hire. You know, with Vanderpool, um, he's a player's type of assistant coach, right? You know, he's that that coach that you really attach to, you know, because he once was a player. Not only that, he's uh, still young enough, agile enough to really not – not only teach the players, but be there with the players, right? Um, on the court with the players, uh, still be able to kind of be in the players' zone as well, but also has a lot of experience. And he's a humble leader. That's that's just his personality. So I played with David, with the Wizards. Him and I uh, became really close with the Wizards. They created a bond. And we've been had that friendship ever since. I think he's an amazing ad for the Wizards more than they really would understand because he's a a natural developer, mm-hmm. right? He understands the players. He understands your particular game type. He understands how to work with you. He understands how to to get you better. He understands the work. He so you know David was a he was one that just really had to work hard to get where he got to the Wizards. You know, he's not like one of the guys just out of draft. I mean, he took the long, hard road. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's going – he understands what it took for him just to be able to have that year in the NBA, have that time, he the time mm-hmm. he spent. So his dedication would be a little bit different than most coaches. And that probably translates to the players a little better too. And like, I can speak from experience. This is what you fringe guys need to do to make this team. I think that's probably, you know, impactful. Yeah. I mean, the fringe guys and, and, and like, you know, he was really big with CJ McCollum. He really helped them out leadership wise, mental wise, mm-hmm. right. Not just game wise, more, more cerebral wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, with Dane, Really, him and Dame have a great relationship. Just how much he really helped Dame to be a leader on that on that team, on that Portland team. I think Dame is probably is a very great ad, probably best ad that we may have gotten that people don't know about. For as far as the coaching staff goes, yeah, I mean, I think these are two guys that could be NBA head coaches that you just added to that roster and, and that coaching roster. And, and we talked about that last year. Look, there were. No, really, other former head coaches like these guys are at least longtime assistants, and 
they've been around. You mentioned working with Dame. Brian Keith was a guy that Kevin Durant highly promoted. So I think that's another guy that's got, you know, the credibility coming in here. Uh, for those of us who don't remember David Vanderpool, the player that much, um, what was his game like? Is he kind of a scrappy, hard-nosed player? I mean, is that the kind of stuff he'll bring to the Wizards? Or how, how did he actually, you know, impact winning, I guess? He was very sound. Okay. Point guard. He he remind you of a a sound Jordan Goodwin. Okay. Like right. That. Very very sound, really scrappy. Mm-hmm. Very competitive. Get the job done. Not you know, don't have to worry about him making turnovers. Sure. And he put the ball on the floor. He's a he was a sound, hard working, dependable point. Right, run your offense, you know. Um, so, and he really, he really worked on his craft with that. So, one of those guys you can just trust to put on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So, I think, especially with a bunch of young guards on this roster too, like he can help the Ryan Rollinses and the Johnny Davises, like you know, try to like figure out how to be more solid because that's what probably both those guys need is to be consistent and confident and. Mm-hmm. Keep working on their games. So I, I love that move. So thanks for the insight. He was the guy that the moment ever was never was too big for him. You say, okay, mm-hmm. we need to get we need to get some things in order. We need to get back in control of the game. We need to get back in control of the team, get back in control of the offense. Dave, yeah. you can trust him to do that. And and you can see that with his resume too. The guy won at every level, especially internationally. Like it, I mean, he's like a champion in like nine different leagues as yeah. a player and a coach. So uh, you don't do that by accident, uh, even, you know, even getting like things like the Euro League and stuff like that. Uh, all right. The the next most for you here, um, the Wizards have signed Dayan Vasilyevich to a 10-day contract for anybody that watched Summer League. Uh, he was the 6'3 guy going out there and just bombing away threes anytime he touched the ball, basically. Uh, he averaged, um, you know, like seven or eight points per game and only played in three of the games over Summer League. But he looks like he can really shoot it. Uh, he played in the NBA la- NBL last year with Xavier Cooks on the Sydney Kings. He's won the last two championships there. Really shoots it. He played at the University of Miami for four years. Really shot it there. So I, I guess I'm not really sure they're looking for him to be uh, like a long-term option for them as an NBA player, essentially. For anyone not familiar with the Exhibit 10 contract, it's ex- like essentially a training camp contract. If you make the roster... They convert you to a veteran minimum deal. If you don't make the roster, uh, it means you get an extra bonus of $75,000 if you sign with the team you had the Exhibit 10 deal with for the G League. So it it basically incentivizes him to want to stick around with the go-go. I mean, it doesn't mean that he couldn't make the Wizards roster. I'm not not trying to rule that out. But I think at the very least, the Wizards are, are looking for, hey, here's another guy. Let's see what he can do in training camp. We didn't get to see enough of him in summer league. We'll take another look. And worst case, we think he can help the go-go out this year. Um, what, what do you think of a move like that, Jihadi? Is it I mean, just another body in training camp, or, or do you think he can come in and, and maybe give them something? Well, I mean, they're considering him for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think really they're considering him just because he can be a high-caliber scorer. You know, one thing with the Wizards last year is it, we went through the offense where it's been patterns where it just – and segments with no scoring at all, right? Yeah. We couldn't really figure out, you know, without within the offense, we couldn't really get scoring. Individually, mm-hmm. we couldn't get scoring. 
And one thing about him, he puts the ball up. Yeah, he's not right. he's not shy about shooting it, which I really like. Not shy before. about shooting it. That's and that's what he does. So sometimes you need a guy that you can pull. You rather have to pull back than have to push forward. And right now, you know, other than Jordan Poole, you know, that can really just go out there and create, create Kuzma somewhat. But we don't have a guy who just says, "I'm, I'm triggered just to put the ball up." Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that'd be good if he can fit, and if not, he really would be a good fit for the go go. Yeah, that'll help you know, them too. I mean, I mean, in, in the end of the day, you got you know one thing. Um, Bill Russell said, "In the game, end of the day, no matter about no matter what this game is about, it, it comes down to one thing: buckets." Yeah, you got the ball. Right? The <laughs> this game is in the day is about buckets. The guy who get paid the most is the guy who shoots the most most shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he'll take them from 25, 27 feet and, and not be shy about it, which, yeah, again, I think great. I think is good, especially on a go-go roster. It's got championship experience. Yeah, it, it, can, it can make you or break you, but. <laughs> <laughs> if you shoot him, you got to make him eventually, too. But I, I right, think um, right. you know, he'll, he'll definitely do that from three. But that's better than somebody who you take, shoot the ball. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, maybe he'll rub off on Johnny Davis. You know, that was somebody reluctant to shoot last year. So uh, yeah. maybe you can combine them into two players or, you know, to one player and uh, that'd be pretty tough here. But I don't know what he's going to bring on the defensive end enough to to play major minutes at the NBA level. I think that's the question mark. He's about 6'3", not super athletic. Um, and, and he's a little older. I want to say he's 27 already. So this is probably not a guy they're looking for to be like a real diamond in the rough. You know, here's our who's our future gem, but doesn't mean that he can't be eight, nine, 10 man eventually or something like that. Yeah. And shooting right. all they They're not looking for him to be a guy that's going out there and be a superstar, but they are looking right. for him to be a guy who can really compete against other players, especially in, in training camp and see what he can do. Can do. Cause one thing I know is when you know, it's another player out there who has no hesitancy of shooting that ball. Mm-hmm. It, it picks up the other players defensive mechanism you know mindset right now you now now you get to see all right how does this player really react to that react to that let's challenge his you know now he's a guy who can now make the defense pick up yeah yeah i I think that's helpful it's another guy you got to guard further out in training camp and worst case like we said if he's on the go-go and he's just another solid vet that provides some spacing I think that really helps you evaluate these younger guys too. If like, let's say Vucevic plays some uh, for the G League team or uh, Johnny Davis plays some more or even Bilal Koulibaly plays some for the G League team, having a guy that can actually just competently knock down threes is, is not a bad addition. That's also with the other two guys, Eugene Amaruya that they picked up on a two-way, uh, kind of a defensive energy, small ball, forward type. And then Jared Butler, uh, former Baylor point guard, really scrappy, but can really score it. I really like those kind of moves. I was a little not as sold on the Amari move originally just because he's older and things like that. But again, it's another dude. You've talked about this a lot, about what people like Goodwin brought to the team last year. Another dude that's going to push people in practice. He's going to bust his ass. He's going to like raise the level and the energy level. And over a long NBA season, you need that. So I think he can do that. And Butler will definitely do that, too. Yeah, Butler definitely do that as well. Yeah. Um, and then, like, it, 
if you have a problem with defense, right? Like defense, perimeter defense was, you know, wasn't the best at it last year. Yeah, for sure. You want to bring in a lot of perimeter scores. Mm-hmm. Reason why now you can really focus on closeouts. And now they not only that you can it's hard to focus on closeouts when you have a guy you don't have to respect closing out to. Yeah, sure. Right. So for you to build your system and what you really want to put emphasis on this year, you have to have guys you respect on those in those B team positions. Yeah, it makes sense. And and Amari played well against the Wizards, so they got a first hand look at him, you know, being able to to play at the NBA level. And um not that there's a ton of Wizards left from last year's roster, but a few of them will remember him. So uh, I, I just like the vibe. Like, I, I think they've got young projects and prospects that they're developing and Koulibaly and Vucevic and Baldwin Jr. and Rollins. Like, let's bring in some older, solid guys to kind of push them, too. And uh, I think it's a good mix at the very least. Um, speaking of a younger guy uh, pushing an older guy potentially here, um, I, I don't really love like the he said, he said, he said kind of stuff. Um, but this one I thought was a little funny. So this is from Brian Scalabrini this week. He said, I heard a rumor that uh, Cooper Flag was at Jason Tatum's camp and he was busting Brad Beal one-on-one and Brad got mad at him, started cussing him out. This dude is a major trash talker. So I guess the rumor is that Brad and him were squaring off one-on-one and Brad was taking it lightly because it's a high school kid. And then Cooper started giving it to him and really talking trash and brad got pretty mad at that like really mad um i I think you know some people took that away as oh cooper flag destroyed bradley beal like it's very clear in the comment there that brad was just going light and half speed and then maybe cooper started talking at him a little bit um i would have rather liked that you know rather than see brad cuss him out i'd rather see brad like show him like you're super brad beal and really give it to him and uh you know that's something that kid will take away is like Hey, all right, this is what a top caliber NBA scorer can do to me. Uh, ever a situation like this, Jihadi, where like a young guy just went at you a lot harder than you were ready for or are willing to give back to them? Yeah, I have. <laughs> or maybe your sons, uh, even? Did, oh, did, they, did they try to give to dad? I think it's levels to this, right? And it's sure. respect factor. Yeah. Right. To me, I like like Cooper's game. I like he's a he's a trash talker. He's a he does, has a lot of antics. You look at a lot of people crazy. If you watch him, he, he has a lot of that. Yeah. He has a lot of that to his game, which is which is cool. You know, you don't want what you don't want to do is take away, you know, certain players dynamics that add the edge to them games. Like it was it's like taking all the crazy stuff Kevin Garnett says on the court, right? You you wouldn't get the same Kevin Garnett Cooper Flag is kind of the same way, but a guy who like Bradley Beal who earned the stripes that he earned everything, you gotta kind of show a level of respect from the beginning, especially if you're a high school kid. To me, um, yeah. So, but I, I and I know exactly what Brad kind of saw because I see it all the time. I saw it all this this summer. Sure, but yeah, with me, yeah, that definitely happened. Um, I was playing against a guy from uh, from St. Louis University, one of their bigs, and I was in I was in the NBA, so I was working out. So I would go to St. Louis University to work out during the summertime. They had a big there from from on their team. Can't recall the guy's name, but he 
you know, I'm I'm known to be physical, but this guy was being physical, but he was just fouling and hacking and stuff. And I'm like, it's not basketball. Right. But and he was kind of effective with it too. Sure. And I think my frustration came out with not only how much he was fouling, but how he was effective with being with fouling. <laughs> yeah, kind of my whole point of the game is being able to play through that and still sure. muscle through and and, and beast through. <laughs> and uh so during during that time, I got so frustrated after a while. Before I knew it, man, I knew it. I just started swinging on the guy. Okay. Right? Okay. And, and all the coaches were like, no! <laughs> but Trey was like, stop! And I was like, okay, you know what? Let me catch myself. I had to apologize. But I think the most of the frustration came from I'm in the NBA, and this guy's kind of kind of work. <laughs> yeah, he puts the work in, stopping me a little bit, and it's the fact that not like this first doesn't supposed to happen, but now you and your head challenging yourself, but at the same time, what a respect factor, you know? Right. And I, I think that's probably how Brad felt like, like, who are you? Yeah. You know, I'm okay, trying to you, help you, you out. You haven't reached my level yet. Yeah. Like, humble yourself a little bit, kid, mm-hmm. you know? And Cooper, you know, but I like the fact also that Cooper's like, I don't, I don't care if you Michael Jordan or Brad Bill. Like I'm going at it. I'm talking. Yep. You know, but and, and and believe you me, if Brad really wanted to play, it'd really be a game. Oh yeah. I, now Cooper's a, a different, a much different Bigger. size than Brad. Sure. This is one I see from both perspectives. Like I don't mind Brad getting annoyed by it. I would like to see him just like maybe he did. No, we don't know. But I would like to see him just destroy. Cooper after that, you know, go into like turbo mode and make a point that like you've still got to work on your game no matter how good uh you are at 16. But I don't I would be annoyed in that situation if I were him. Hero talking trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> While I'm going easy like, on him. Kid, like yeah. kid, go go play with some toys. I mean you would. <laughs> That's all I earned. But then again, I know Brad. Brad, he didn't just sit back and walk away. Right, exactly. You know what? He he gonna he's gonna teach a lesson. And, and we see the videos of, of Brad with his team. You've obviously experienced it firsthand. Like he's really good with the younger guys and, and he, he he treats them like adults and he takes it seriously and, and he's not afraid to like tell them what's up. So, I mean, I think that's probably a good lesson for flag is like, Hey, he's great with my son. You know, with my son, he's on him every day, you know, seemed like he's taking, taking personal interest in him to make sure he, he gets the best you can get out of him, you know, talks to him after the game. You know, they have a good relationship, so that's it's it's cool. And, and if you're Brad, you probably think you're doing that for someone like Cooper Flag. So to see him like, you know, talking shit to you, it's probably like, whoa, hey man, like, uh, what are you really? doing here? Like, I'm helping you, like, dial it down. But like you said, if you're Flag, like, go at everybody. I, like, he's no plays off. Like, that's what you but want. That's, to do. But that is Flag. And Flag, I mean, you'll see him going up against playing against guys and going in their face. You like. I don't know if you want to. That's the guy who face you want to go in, but you don't. He doesn't care. Uh, across the board, even you know everybody can get it. I think that's a kind of mentality this Wizards franchise could use. Uh, honestly, like that that kind of dude. So if uh, you know in twenty twenty six draft, um, oh, it's yeah. a guy we keep an eye on there. He's gonna be. He can be very effective in the game. He can be very effective on the next level. Definitely. Uh-huh. I look forward to following that, and uh, I'd love to hear Brad's perspective on something like this. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. we're hearing this like 
fourth hand. So I'd love to know what one of them actually uh, thinks about. Yeah, I would too. I, I, now you're going to have me hitting the streets. I'm going to hit the streets for more information. <laughs> yeah, get some intel for us. Uh, do some some reporting here for us, Jahai. Uh, all right. Um, next one here for you. Just starting five next year, I guess is sort of Jordan Poole is going to start. Kyle Kuzma is going to start. Just given the center, lack of centers, really, Daniel Gafford is going to start. And then the other two spots, like Tyus Jones, probably, if they're doing that, to bring him in, he probably starts. I don't say, I would say it's a guarantee, but it seems likely. And then realistically, you're probably looking at either Corey Kispert or Denny Abdia as your starting position. Um, if you go Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Corey Kispert, that's a rough uh, defensive backcourt, I would say, just not a ton of size. Uh, if you go Denny Abdia, obviously more size and better defense, but You've got him and Gafford out there together, not a ton of floor spacing. So I can really kind of see this either way. I think I probably lean Kispert personally and just have a lot of shooting and we just run on everybody and hope he can be solid enough defensively. And then I think Abdiya is just really better suited to be a guy off the bench where he can do a little secondary playmaking, create for some people. And, you know, you mix in with the starters when you need to. I guess what would you do with that fifth starting spot, John? Or or maybe other two start, starting spots if you wouldn't go with Tyus Jones? It depends if I'm, on, if I'm going for guaranteed buckets or if I'm going for spreading the floor. Okay. To me, Denny Idea could give me, you know, he's a – he can give me more buckets than – than uh, Kispert to me, if Kispert, because to me, Kispert some his confidence wavers a lot to me, right? He's been up and down, right? He, he shot he, the shit out of it the last like thirty games, though. Like he yeah, he did. He down, did man. once he once he really got in the rhythm, right? But he, he was kind of and a roller coaster, over. yeah, right. So it, it which is not not bad, right? And I I like spreading the floor, but I like personally, I like Denny. I like how he gets downhill. Right. Okay. I like how, to me, he's a, you know, a, a, a play on an Austin Reeves. Oh, okay. I'll be right. nice. I'll take that. The, no, shooting, I, just, the shooting's not there to be, to be Austin not Reeves. There. But, but. No, it's not there, but as far as just his, his effectiveness of, of getting downhill, his speed, his quickness is, you know, now that does take away a lot of the shooting, right? So, and now what makes that tough is that the gaffer situation, yeah. right? The gaffer situation. Cause now, you know, okay, you really not getting anything. You don't not, you should, you should be getting much more from gaffer. I feel like gaffer mentally defeats himself before certain games, mm-hmm. right? He already kind of, you know, passed, passed the torch to his defender. Like, oh, this guy's better. And which which Gafford, you know what he can do. We've yeah. seen highlights of his athletic yeah. ability, his his, you know, it's it's a belief factor and he it's a belief of what he can do with Gafford. Now, if we could get a better Gafford, um then he would work. But in the end of the day, we do have to spread the floor. So Kispert is a great, you know, he can spread the floor, a great shooter. You know, he was a great shooter at, at Gonzaga. Um, 
and I just watched him last year. And 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 he kind of I did question it a lot last year when he was going through a phase up and down with confidence. I question his mental toughness and mental ability, you know, within sometime to be consistent. But to answer the question, you know, um, I agree. I agree with you. Kisper probably a better uh, situation than starting five just because you can spread the floor. And then um, I think Tyus Jones would be a good start as well. I was almost thinking of it like, Maybe if you went with Kispert for the shooting, you could go with DeLon Wright as a starting point guard just for the defense because Jordan Poole's going to have the ball a lot. Kuzma's going to have the ball a lot. I, I, I like Tyus better than all those than the other point guard options we have. I think so, too. Uh, he's so, the best. I like probably, he's a, he's point a, he's guard a better facilitator. He can play right. defense. You know, he's 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 young. He has he's young. He's been out there a lot with Memphis last year. Mm-hmm. And they've I been good while he plays. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think also you can grow, he can grow. He's a person that you can grow, you can build with them. Mm-hmm. I think some of the points we have are just they are who they are. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I, I'm yeah. with you there. I mean, Jones is 27, but like I don't think we've seen the most from him yet, just exactly. because of the role he's been in. And I think you know what Delon Wright is at this point, and he's probably not year longer term. Um, I guess on on the YouTube comments here, Big J52 asked. Uh, did Mike Mascala and Danilo Gallinari play 20-plus minutes as backups and DeLon Wright, too? I would assume not. Um, maybe a couple of them do, or you feature Danilo Gallinari early if he's healthy enough and then try to flip him for something. Same with DeLon Wright. And then maybe Mascala gets in there once one of those guys is gone. But there's no way that, that all three of them are, are probably playing 20 minutes a game on, on this team. At least they shouldn't be on a team that wants to rebuild and develop, I don't think. Right, yeah. Um, all right, Jody, which current wizard would you most like to have been teammates with anyone from this roster that you think you would have enjoyed playing with particularly? Well, me, first of all, I'm going to pick a guy who I can get uh, with the way I play who I can actually get some passes from. Yeah. So I'm picking, I had to pick Tyus right out the gate because I, I'm going to pick a facilitator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not. I was a guy who caught the ball, rebound off the rim, bang, caught in the post. Um, uh, a guy who, who a player would penetrate and pitch to. So I need one of those types. Like the guy that I've seen give a five man more opportunities than anybody on the roster right now is Tyus. Yeah, totally. So I'm definitely going with Tyus. I, that's, that's a great point too, and I, I hope that that leads to that boost we see from Daniel Gafford as a point guard that's committed to like setting him up. and And we've seen Daniel Gafford be at his best when he's got a point guard that can penetrate, can throw that lob pass. So um, that's a good parallel there too. I, I think that's that's a really good one. I think Tyus is probably the guy that everybody will like to play with, and and maybe you start him just for that too. He's going to keep everybody happy and. That's uh, probably pretty important, especially with a lot of young, you know, young mouths to feed on a roster like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Tyus. And, and I mean, he's not a bad player. I think he did well with Memphis last year. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he, sure. he made an impact there. So, he's like, you throw a good post entry pass down to Stephen Adams, you know. Yeah. So that that's another post, good I mean, good post entry pass. I've seen him do some no looks to the to the right. to the right down the center of the court, you know, to big and drop it off. 
So he has a lot of stuff with him, you know, and if you learn the point guard, if you learn the way he plays, you can really, really be effective. Yeah. Makes If Gafford learns the way Tyus plays, point guard learns a big somewhat, but the big always has to learn the point guard to be really effective. And if Gafford can really understand that and find where he his little duck-ins, his little slip-ins, little, you know, lob situations, his cuts, mm-hmm. be effective. He could be effective. That that's that can be a combo. Yeah, I, I actually I think that's a really good call. And I'm, I don't, I, I've had like a lot of Gafford stock over the last couple of years, so I really want to see it pay off here eventually. And with this roster, if it if it doesn't look good with this group, it might be you know kind of time to move on here. I think if if we could get a better position center for the a position for the five, it would be good. Gafford, it's not that he's not capable. Not that he's not athletic enough. It's not that he's not skilled enough. It's just got to be mentally more mentally tough. It gotta, I feel like he just has to believe in himself much more. Like he spends too much time on the ground when you're five. You know, you're not getting knocked on the ground. It takes takes a lot of time to get back. He's, it just seems like he defeats himself a lot before the competitor even gets, gets the chance to. I think maybe just being on this roster with this group of guys will be better from that perspective. Um, just, you know, like. He needs an old guys. school big there. Yeah. He needs an old school big that's on the bench. That's in his I thought butt. Taj would be that for him last year. And it didn't really seem Taj Gibson would be the guy. That uh, kind of- well, yeah, he should have been. But, you know, Taj a little undersized. He needs an yeah. old school. You know, like a a Serge Ibaka just there, you know. You know, somebody who's not gonna just who's gonna be like, I'm not I'm not watching this. They had Robin Lopez the year before, and apparently Robin took um Gafford under his wing a good amount that year. So somebody somebody yeah, just has to take some interest. You gotta have an asshole on the bench who's willing to bust <laughs> you in the head. Yeah, okay. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, like Yeah, no. I get all here with you saying the low that's what nah, you gotta have an asshole that's with Got to have a knock all that uh, shit off, Oakley, like uh, a yeah. surge. Uh, uh, get Kendrick Perkins from ESPN. Somebody because he has the athletic ability. Yeah. He don't he have the, the 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 right now. It's just his heart, and mental toughness that I question. Sure. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, last one I got for you here, sort of a total shift from the Wizards. It's just more of a general NBA question. Um, interested in your perspective on so not to get too political because that's not what it means listen to our sports show for here but the orlando magic donated fifty thousand dollars to um republican uh, presidential campaign ron DeSantis's uh campaign this is not the family themselves they donated it specifically from the team um and then you've got players like Larry Nance coming out already, and obviously Nance doesn't play for the Magic. But he said, so the Orlando Magic, with a majority black roster, a black head coach, and a black GM, decided it was a good idea to support a man that claims that slavery had personal benefits for the enslaved. Uh, this has to hurt them in free agency, right? Like, why would you do this? Like, whatever an owner does privately, I think, is still something that maybe is on players' radar. But when you do that specifically from the team, 
It seems like you're sending a very specific message. I, I just feel like this is just like a really bad business move for the magic, let alone my own personal politics. I think that's a terrible guy to be associated with, but uh, it's just like, why do this? Like, how does this help your franchise in any way, shape or form? Being it from the, being that is from the team, it's still from the owner. Yeah, sure, but right? coming it's, directly it's from the what, team, it seems like the owner saying it's not for me. I think they've, right? they've also like, given so. What you put it on the back of the team? So, no, only person who makes that decision is the owner. Is the owner? Yeah. Now, what the owner seems like is like it's not me; it's the team. Uh, he's doing both. Like they, they well, the, the family, the the boss. Okay, so it's, both, it's all it's all yeah. inclusive. Everybody's. If you're already doing it personally, that's like a Don Sterling situation. That's literally that's as bad <laughs> as a Don Sterling situation. I think so too. I, it yeah. just seems like the worst like organizational move you could make. I, I'm not going to go play for that guy if I know that that that's now they're bringing the team. Well, you don't want to play for that guy, sure. right? You don't want to play for that guy because, especially somebody who supports that slavery was beneficial, that's right? That we insane. that black people learned to a lot from slavery if it wasn't for slavery we wouldn't have been able to do it like and just a lot of things DeSantis does is just ridiculous yeah, to me not, you know not a fan in any way shape, know, or not not, not being political you know on either side but just I don't I don't I don't like hidden racism that's that's really blatant right, right? Exactly. And trying to hide it behind some a lot of policies. I don't like racism hidden behind policies, exactly. especially with his. It's not hidden; it's just blatant. So, yeah. um, and and dealing with history and education, like, why would you support that? And now, you know, I get it. It's the it's the governor of Florida to where okay, you the team might get some. Yeah, well, the preferential taxes. You've been able to work with that forever, like, yeah. yeah. And and if you did do it with personally, do it under under the table, just with the with yourself as a family. Which, I mean, still not great. The the somebody, some owners of the Miami Heat, which I know that's kind of unique with because the the city owns the team, I think. Uh, But still. I'm sure they they support a lot of his certain things he do too. He got probably a lot of supporters who are part of the ownership there, sure. but it's not public and it's not the team, right. you know. Um, it's easier for you as a player to say like, "Oh, well, my owner, whatever. I don't deal with him. He's a shithead." But when it's like I've joined this team that's now supporting something, I it, don't it, believe it. It affects you. It affects yeah. you as a player, just like it affects the players when they with the with the Suns. You know, mm-hmm. that was a you know. He, Players have to speak up and speak out. These days, yeah. when they do, change happens. Mm-hmm. At, in that case, I don't know. You know, you, it has to be some players that's, that that voice holds some weight. To me, that's Paolo right now, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how he feels about the situation, but it'd be good for him to voice it if he does feel a certain way. It, yeah, it's got to come from him realistically. The other probably best player on their team is Franz Wagner, a German. Like, I don't think it's going to be as impactful. Yeah, I don't know. Coming. I don't know if he cares about <laughs> exactly. American, American politics that strong. Right. right, exactly. You know, he, got, he, probably, he probably has his own things he's dealing with. So Exactly. 
You know, it's got to be the, the guy to be the face of that if that is something that bothers them. But me as a free agent, like just well, me picking a job personally, I, I wouldn't go to that place. Like I, that well, would be enough to deter me. Well, the, all the players that it does affect, they need to have a team meet and yeah. say, hey, this is affects affects your teammates, the guys who, you know, you be around every day and you end up being family with. Yeah. We need you. We will back you 100%, but we need you to step out there for us. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, even okay. if you step out to the MBPA. I think that's all the shit I've given Ted Leonsis over the years uh, for management of the team and who's the GM for so long and things like that. At the end of the day, I think by all accounts, most people think of Ted as a good guy, and and that makes it easier for me to to root for yeah, a team Ted like is that. A great Ted is a great guy. Yeah, you know, I you know Ted gave me my first job. Really, I didn't know that. When when I got into the NBA that year, before we even played one game, lockout happened. Uh-huh. Right, two thousand. Oh, didn't you intern with him, like uh, do an internship, basically? Like, at, uh, at America Online. Yeah. I did America, right. he, he, I went over his house for a birthday party. Uh-huh. Right? It was some all, all Redskin players, and I was the only basketball player for his son's birth, for Zach's birthday party. Okay. That's cool. And all the other Redskin players were just sitting there signing autographs, not really being, being yeah. superstars. Sure. I, I haven't even played a game in the NBA yet, so I'm really still a college guy. But you're a local college guy that people know, too. Right, right, general. yeah. So he wanted me to go over there and, and say he had a full-court basketball court in his backyard, in this, you know, so which is a very nice house, but it's full-court basketball court. So I was like, man, you know what? Let's take all the kids yeah. and play basketball. That's cool. And no, so I'll remember that, too. Yeah, so I was playing basketball with all of them. And I'm having just as much fun as they have. He was like, man, what are you doing doing the lockout? I'm like, I'm not doing anything. He was like, want a job? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. Where at? You know, because I didn't even know who he was. Sure. He was like, America Online, show up in rest of Virginia at this address on this day. Okay. Bam, I had a job doing the lockout. That's cool. I it didn't was know great. That. So, I, you know, and that's, that's, that's who Ted is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it has nothing to do with color. I mean, because it was, imagine, we was all, it was all athletes over there. And it's all type. And even the kids at the party, you know, all, all from different, all different cultures. Mm-hmm. And that's just who Ted is. You, I don't think you ever had to consider, no matter what he, his politics is, you never, that's just not a bone in his body that exists. And that's the thing. Like, they've had mostly good guys on this roster. Ted is a good guy. Like, I will root for a team harder if I think they're likable people because I'll be more invested. So um, that, that not having to worry about that kind of shit is just a relief. I think here we've had enough yeah. bad owners locally. I, I, I hope that the the magic don't brush that under the rug. Yeah, I'm with you. the NBA shouldn't either. Like the the, the NBA shouldn't. Yeah, that should be a. a I don't yeah. know. Like should know, be a rule against the NBA that. You shouldn't, and then you know just listen. I, I know why Florida loves DeSantis, right? They love him for particular reasons, but they, they sometimes forget. They don't, they just blind all the stuff, the other things that he's doing. Yep. They just happy he left, kept the city open, you know, the, the state open during COVID. He's yep. amazing. Yep. 
All right, he did that. I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Right? Still, you know, I'm glad that they all made money because COVID did a lot of people, a lot of businesses went, you know, went under. But consider all the other things. You got to, when you look at a person, you got to look at everything he's doing. Yeah. You're not a hero just because of one thing. Yeah. How, how you treat people first and foremost should be right. uh, at the top of that list. And it uh, doesn't seem like a strength of this, let's just say. Uh, last question I got for you. Uh, it seems like the over under line for the Wizards is going to be 24 and a half wins this season. Uh, would you take the over or the under? I'll be very upfront. I would hammer the over on that personally. Yeah, I think we're going to get much. Yeah, I'd take the over, no doubt. I say this every year and I'm almost wrong. Every I'm taking year. the over. I believe you. I believe yeah. a new team, new roster, new, 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 uh, new field, new, new voices, new leadership, you know, new head coaches, new or uh, pretty much, pretty much a new organization other than the owner yeah. taking it over. I think young teams uh, like people with something to prove, you know, traditionally kind of overachieve at least by a couple wins. So, I think we'll see better Jordan Poole, better Kyle Kuzma. Some of these young guys will surprise us. A Johnny Davis leap in year two, like that kind of stuff. So it's all uh, about, it's going to be really, it's about how much Kuzma is a leader. Yeah. At the end of the day, because he's yeah. going to have to work with Jordan Poole, right? And how much he can put Jordan Poole in with him. Mm. Yeah. Can, can he take on a leadership role too and, and, and do the That's right things? Major. Uh, Johnny, that's all I got for you. Anything else? No, no, that's it, man. I appreciate you. All right. Uh, you heard it here, folks. We believe in the Wizards. This is Believe in Wizards. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.